Hello, welcome to this late, well, Monday evening episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I'm your host, Hunter Hodes. Follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. Follow the show's Twitter at LO underscore Penguins. So for today's episode, um, I apologize again for not getting um, to an episode on Friday. I just had some stuff to do. Um, we'll recap, uh, I guess, the final four of the championship of the Locked On Penguins March Madness bracket. As March now is somehow already over, I can't believe that we're already... Basically into April now. <laughs> it's just pretty nuts. And then we will um um couple there was a couple of mailbag questions that came in. I guess we'll answer those. And then um may talk about what the Penguins have been doing with the um the reruns of the two thousand nine Stanley Cup final back. Um but for, so for overall, uh for the bracket, uh the two thousand nine Red Wings Penguins, the number one seed that series ended up winning. The bracket, I, mean, I even tweeted out, I wasn't really too surprised that it won. That series was just so memorable in so many ways. The fact that they got blown out in the first two games basically in Detroit. They come back, they win two games by a score of 4-2. to In Game 5, they get blown out again in Detroit. Game 3, you know, they have that epic win, especially in the final few seconds when Rob Scuderi uh, saved not one, I think, but two, maybe three pucks from going in the net. That was just a massive mad scramble. And the Penguins, of course, uh, made history with that big, uh, massive 2-1 victory in Game 7 against Detroit. But I do want to say um, I was surprised a little bit that the Pittsburgh-Washington number 12 seed, that series ended up getting to the, the uh, national championship. Um, I guess watching that series back, you know, they, they had the um, they had the Game 6 on um, this past week on the NBC Sports Network to celebrate um, Hockey Week. You know, I, I love that... Um, NBCSN was doing that. Um, I'm sure they're going to have plenty more of those um, as the weeks go on with the coronavirus. I know this week they were doing um, some NFL games, if I'm not mistaken. But, um, yeah, I just, watching that bag, I just thought in that game six, the Penguins were just so dominant. And um, I, I know that series was so big because it had a lot of really just outstanding moments. You know, I was seeing some people talk about on Penguins Twitter um, this past weekend that, you know, if Patrick Hornquist has not scored that goal in game four of overtime after, um, I think, wasn't Chris Letang suspended for that game? I, I, I think that's right. I, I believe so. But, um, yeah, if, if he, if the Penguins don't win that game, the Caps win that game tied two two went back to DC. People were saying, you know, I'd have a hard time believing that the Penguins would win that series. I'm not really too sure about that considering the way the Penguins were playing them that throughout that whole series. Um, that team was just, you know, the word I would use was, would just be a steamroller just because of how good, um, that team was. But, um, I guess, I, I guess a lot of people just ranked it so high just because of the caliber of the team, the Penguins beat and just, um, because a lot, it was just such a great series, but you know, I was surprised that it beat out, like I said, a number one, a number one seeing the Pittsburgh, Minnesota, but I, I guess when I, uh, some people were explaining to me, uh, why they voted for it, you know, just basically because, you know, that's that number one seed had the, the the Mario moment and, you know, the Stanley Cup being rewarded and, you know, what else? And I guess the other series, of course, you have the Patrick Warnquist overtime game winning goal. You have the Nick Menino game winning overtime goal. Absolutely stealing game three against the Capitals when the Capitals put up almost, what, 50 shots in that game. Um, so, yeah, I, I guess I understand it. Um, though, I mean, we, we did kind of need um, overtime to decide for the final four the uh, Pittsburgh, Detroit, 2009, or the Pittsburgh, Chicago, 1992. Um, uh, I figured that one would be really close because, of course, you know, it's the top two seeds in the Pittsburgh, Chicago, 92 series was great, um, though it was a sweep, of course. But um, I figured the um, the Pittsburgh, Detroit one would 
wipe the floor in overtime. It absolutely did. And um, the Pittsburgh Washington series in the Final Four, it was it was close, um, but it it was it was still a good sized victory, I would say. Um, for then I mean then I mean in the uh, the championship, it was not close for a while. Then Pittsburgh Washington was able to gain up some steam, but then um, Pittsburgh Detroit was able to pull away. So um, again, thank you guys so much for voting. Um, in those polls, that was just a lot of fun to do. It was a nice idea, I guess, uh, that me and Cam thought of. I think maybe tomorrow I'm going to have Cam on to have him discuss, you know, who he voted for to see if he can, um, I guess, talk about it because um, now that it's over, he wasn't going to tell me or any of you guys who he voted for. So maybe um, he'll finally get to uh, come clean now. I'm sure he voted for Pittsburgh, Detroit in the national championship at least. I'd be pretty surprised if he didn't, though. I also have a hunch that he was potentially voting for Pittsburgh, Washington the whole time since he was telling me how um, big he thought that series was. But, um, yeah, I, I guess, like I said, I just I guess I understand why the Pittsburgh-Detroit 2009 series won. I mean, in my opinion, I also think it's the best playoff series of all time um, for the Penguins, like I said, for the reasons that I gave um, earlier in the episode. Um it was it was just the way they played at home against them, and then the effort that they put up in Game Seven. Though, like I said, watching Game Seven back for the first time in full, um, it, it's still remarkable how the Penguins were able to win that game, especially in the third period where they had what one to two shots basically the entire period after being up two nothing. Um, it, it was basically just a turtle fest for the Penguins uh, to put it. That's and that's honestly that's putting it lightly. Um, at this point, uh, they were just. They were barely putting the puck past the red line. It, it was just, it was, it was great that uh, Chris Osgood was so off his angle on that second goal. Looked like a 1980s goalie, <laughs> to be honest with you guys. That was just absolutely um, terrible, and, and you know, in in every way. But um, yeah, and just the way, uh, I just, I can't say enough good things about the Penguins in that series. I remember, you know, just watching that game six. I was just so nervous going into it because, you know, is it going to be a repeat of last year? You always have that in your mind, and. You know, you, you get, you know, the, the first goal and it's like, okay, this is good. And then you get the second goal and it's like, oh my God, like with Tyler Kennedy, then of course, you know, the Red Wings were able to get a goal. But then, um, especially with our final push in that game six, um, with Rob Skidder doing what he did and Mark, even though Marc-Andre Fleury was just so far out of his net, Rob Skidder, like I said, made what, two to three saves with his leg um, on the Red Wings there, just absolutely brilliant. Um, I, you know, if that puck somehow crosses the line, Bascadero, you know, we were potentially looking at something completely different today because that game probably goes, I mean, it definitely goes to overtime. But um, yeah, I was, I, I was really um, pleased with the results. You know, I would have been pleased either way with any results. Hell, I was kind of rooting for a little bit of chaos. I mean, we got a little bit of it with the 12th seed getting to the final. Uh, I was, I was going to be even more shocked if it actually beat Pittsburgh, Detroit, um, but you know, it did not. So we didn't really have to deal with that. And that was that I was considering maybe making the final, maybe longer than 24 hours in the final four, because it was just, it, it's just much bigger than the other rounds. But, um, I thought about it and I just kept the 24 hours. You know, I didn't want to be fair to any of the, um, the other rounds, I guess, uh, so to speak is, I just, I didn't want to make it unfair because, you know, I mean, a conclusion rigged, but, um, yeah, I, I thought that would be the perfect way to go for it. I think we're going to have another one of these brackets, I think coming out in April. Yes. I know there's no April kind of madness, but there is still like, March madness usually does continue in April with the elite eight, the final four in the national championship. I'm thinking about potentially making a 30 round to 32 bracket with the worst trades in penguins history. I have an idea of who was some of the top seeds will be <clears throat> like Marcus Nasland. Um, the army Argo trade, but 
Um, me and Cam will probably have to uh, work on that potentially this week. But um, yeah, so look forward to that. Hopefully coming soon. It might come next week, maybe later this week. Who knows? Um, also, just a little bit of housekeeping. So with the with the with the virus, you know, just you know, keep spreading and it just keeps getting worse. Um, I do want to say for what, what this means for this podcast. Um, throughout the hiatus, we're gonna have at least three episodes a week for you guys. Um, I may not be able to do all five because I'm not really really sure how much content I can fit for five days a week with, um, with, there's just really not much to talk about right now, but I am going to give you guys at least three episodes per week. I want to connect with you guys and just give you guys some good penguins content. So at least look for that. I'm going to try to shoot for more than three, but three will definitely be the minimum. Um, I just want to let you guys, um, know that in case, um, I don't have any episodes, um, throughout some days moving forward. All right. So I, I did ask for a little bit of a mailbag for um, last week. I was supposed to be on last Friday, but of course, like I said, I had stuff pop up. But um, King Clarky was able to ask me a good question. You know, he asked, is there anything new and exciting you're doing um, to kill time? And in all honesty, um, not really. Uh, I've basically been doing the same thing. I go to sleep at around 1 or 2 a.m. I get up at around 10 to 11 a.m. I do some schoolwork. I get on... Uh, Fortnite, um, whatever video game that I want to play. And I basically do that all day. I really don't leave my house unless I have to go walk my dad's dog when he goes to work. Um, yes, um, he qualifies as essential for what he does. Um, sometimes I have to go over there and walk, um, the big mastiff that I had. I'm sure you guys have all seen um, the dog that I tweeted out many times, but, um, you know, my mom has been doing some puzzles, which is um, interesting. Maybe I'll try that out. Um, I'm trying to see if I can maybe get into reading some more books. Um, I am going to, guys, I am going to start, I think, watching Tiger King. I've been seeing a lot of reviews about this. I still need to figure out what the hell this is about. Um, I, I need to go on my Netflix and just read the summary or just read some reviews about it and just see what it is because I see, keep seeing people raving about it, which means, you know, it's probably time for me to get on the train and watch it. Um, I saw it's only about six to seven episodes. They're all about, what, 45 minutes long. Um probably will do that. I've also, you know, when no one's home, I, I put my headphones on, I go and, um, bang on the drums. I just, I play rock songs because, um, I like to, it's a good way to pass the time. And I like to uh, get better with my drumming skills, even though I'm probably pretty bad. Um, I, I can drum to some songs really, really good. I like to learn new songs on the drums, though. I do drum to some songs on the drums that are honestly pretty piss poor, but also, you know, I've been uh, going through NHL videos and been watching some there. There's this um, YouTube account that has like all the uh, first round goals from like some of the playoff years from like all this series. So, you know, I've been doing that. I did the 2018 first round the other day. I may, uh, I may do go to, and do la- I may go do last year's, even though I honestly will probably skip the, the part where the Penguins played the Islanders since, uh, you know, they hardly scored at all. And I just really don't want to, watch that series back. So I think, um, I'll probably try to do that. I'm trying to think of other things. Um, I can honestly do, you know, maybe I'll go for walks. You know, I try to get out of the house at least once or twice a day to, you know, walk my dog, my black lab, or just, um, just go on an exercise and do something. You know, like I said, I, I walk my dad's, um, Mastiff, you know, when I have to, you know, he's at work, but, um, yeah, I guess that's really all that I've been doing. You know, like I said, I record for you guys, school stuff. You know, I watch a lot of Twitch streams. If you guys like video games, there's a lot of really good Twitch streamers. But, you know, if you want to avoid the 14-year-old uh, TTV little people, um, you know, go ahead and do that. Watch some really good Twitch streamers that play video games. Those are a lot of fun to do to pass the time. Um, also, you know, I've been kind of getting back into cooking a little bit. Um, you know, I haven't really cooked a lot since I've come back from school. But um, 
I have been wanting to do more since I've been at home, since I really, really do enjoy it. Um, it's one of the, my very, very um, favorite things to do, um, even when I'm at school or when I'm at home. Um, I just, I, I, it's a great way, like I said, to also pass the time and to, you know, make good food, try new recipes and um, all that good stuff. But, you know, King Clark, if you listen to this, you know, tell me what you've been doing. You know, I'm sure you'll DM me more guitar stuff as you have been uh, tonight, <laughs> actually. But, um, yeah, that's basically um, all I've been doing. But um, so after this, you know, after I tweeted out the winner of the uh, bracket of all time, apparently, you know, Adam Rickert, who um, I'm trying to figure out what to say about him because he honestly is one of the um, just a really, really good person. Um, I wouldn't be, you know, where I am today with this podcast business without his help, especially how I went on Top Shelf Hockey with him and um, Rob Kirk and um, Brian Bobo a bunch of times. It was like 2012 to 2014, 2015, something like that, when I actually had probably the worst vo- voice in the world. If you guys, if I did this podcast back in 2014, everyone, and you listened to my voice, um, you probably would not last um, another episode. Uh, my voice was way too squeaky. It was really bad. If you want to go check out those episodes, I'm sure they're on Blog Talk Radio. You just have to sh- search up Top Shelf Hockey. Um, listen to them, make fun of my voice, tweet at me telling me you hate my voice, please do it because I, I hate it as well. Um, but yeah, Adam record, you know, just a great person all around. He tweeted, you know, um, Pittsburgh, Tampa Bay would have been my pick of all time or Pittsburgh, Ottawa, 2017. Um, it, that's, it's interesting to me. I know the Pittsburgh, Washington series, uh, blew out the Pittsburgh, Tampa Bay series of 2016. The Pittsburgh, Tampa Bay series. I was tweeting about this the other day with a couple, um, Penguin fans from Penguins Twitter. I feel like that Pittsburgh Tampa Bay series was not going to be close if it weren't for Andre Vasilevsky. Um, yes, I know they they took the they they took the Penguins to seven games. Hell, they took them to the brink of elimination in Game Six after um, winning in Game Five in overtime when Mark Andre Fleury started. But still, um, that series could have been a lot different if Andre Vasilevsky was not gone for those seven games. I mean, he was just absolutely magnificent. Um, I remember when this is a funny story. I remember when Ben Bishop went out. And I tweet. I remember I tweeted like, "Who in the hell is their backup?" And uh, I think my mentions. Some of people. Some people flooded my mentions. They're like, "Oh my god, you don't know who this is? Like, this is their goaltender of the future." I'm like, "Well, should I know?" Um, I I knew quick. I knew very very quick after he came in, especially with the way he was making saves and everything, and just uh, stealing some games, especially in Game Four, and the Penguins scored those three straight goals um, to make it four three in the third period, and they put on a charge like they you'd never really seen before, and Andre Vasilevsky just stood on his head for those final, what, seven minutes of that game. Just absolutely spectacular of him. Um, yeah, I, I know Tampa was very, um, what's the word I'm looking for here? They're opportunistic. You know, they would always punish the Penguins' uh, mistakes. You know, they had a lot of high-end talent. And hell, I know they did a lot of that without Steven Stamkos, who, of course, returned um, in Game 7 from the uh, the blood clots that he was dealing with. But still, um, I feel like that series would have been maybe a six-game series if the Penguins... Um, didn't flip goalies. I, I think that was a mistake for Mike Sullivan. I know Matt Murray had his bad game in game four, but I mean, could you really blame him? That was really his first, um, just bad game of the playoffs in general, but still, um, you know, I would have liked to see, I, it would be interesting to see if Matt Murray started that game four, how that, I mean, game four, game four, he did start game four, that game five, how that would have gone, you know, would the Penguins have won that game? We'll never know. Of course, you know, we're not going to go back in time, but look at it, but still, um, that series, I guess, I just, I, I like it was a, it was an epic series. Don't get me wrong. I, I wasn't surprised that it went far, but I mean, I, I can see why a lot of people voted for the Pittsburgh Washington series just because it had a lot more, um, 
just big moments, even though Pittsburgh Tampa had, of course, the Cindy Crosby OT winner in game two. Um, and of course, Brian Russ' heroic performance in game seven with both his goals. And then uh, for the Pittsburgh Ottawa series, I really I wouldn't put it above you know Pittsburgh Detroit or the Pittsburgh Washington series. I know the Pittsburgh Ottawa series was really really good. Um, I figured that um, some people would vote for it, you know in the in the polls um, for the bracket. But um, besides that, Chris Tunis double um, overtime game winner. Um, there wasn't enough like big big moments. I know game two was massive with the Phil Kessel goal because you know who what happens after that. Game four of course was great. You know they blew them out in game five, game six is whatever, but. Um, the Chris Kunitz over, double overtime game winning goal, of course, you know, there's not a lot of more moments, I guess, bigger than that. But I mean, like I said, other than that, um, it just wasn't, I, I, I would take the Pittsburgh Washington series over that just because, um, it was a lot more epic, you know, that Pittsburgh Ottawa series. I just, I still, to this day, can't believe that went seven games considering the way Ottawa played and Ottawa's roster at the time, because there just wasn't a lot of high end talent there. Yes. I know you had the best defenseman in the league in Eric Carlson. I know you have Mike Hoffman, Bobby Ryan was playing at a good level, you know, Kyle Turris, um, you know, Craig Anderson was good. Some games, bad. Some other ones, he was exceptionally well in game six and game seven after getting bodied, um, in game five, hell, you know, John, John Gabriel Pajot, uh, there's there's plenty of more better players that they had at that time that you know they just don't have today hell like i said i think uh right now they probably only have you could probably count the number of players from that team on one hand because they just really do not have um a lot of players from there at all but yeah just wanted to give uh, my thoughts about that from um adam record you know thanks for the tweet there adam uh maybe at some point adam will have you on the podcast we can talk about the uh 2009 stanley cup final i think that would be a lot of fun for him uh, personally, though, he would probably bring up the 2008 one, um, most likely. So for this last segment, um, I just want to touch on the um, thing that the Penguins are doing right now with um, AT&T Sportsnet throughout the week. Um, they're airing the 2009 Stanley Cup Final. I, I, uh, I'm going to drink a shot every time I say that. Between the Penguins and the Red Wings, they aired Game 3 tonight. Um, pet peeve. Really, really annoying that there is no stream for this. You cannot watch it out of market. Um AT&T Sports and Pittsburgh Penguins, please do better with that because I really would have liked um, to watch that game. And um, I think a lot of people um, would as well. I know um, Clarkie, who asked the question earlier, was um, talking about how he wasn't able to watch the games on NBC Sports Network because he lives in Canada. So, um, yeah, their games are not on Sportsnet. So, yeah, that definitely um, sucks for him. Um, you hate to see that. But um, I do love what the Penguins' official Twitter account was doing. Hell, they've changed their wallpaper and their cover photo to the 2009 logo. Absolutely love that. Um, they're basically they're live tweeting the games. Um, man, there's there's just a lot of really really good content. And if they have a lot of um, old archived interviews from the 2009 final with Max Talbot. They're doing the three stars. Um, they have the infographics, which look just outstanding. Um, the goal calls. They're basically doing the Mike Lang goal cars. Goal cars. Oh my god, I can't believe I just butchered that. But um, the goal calls, if I can stop butchering words on this podcast, um, they're, um, they're, they're showing the versus feed, but they're, like I said, they're doing the Mike Lang calls, which is, of course, the right thing to do. Mike Lang is a national treasure. He's one of the best um, announcers of all time, if not the best hockey announcer of all time. Um, I'm going to be biased saying that, but I truly think he is um, definitely the best. But um, it, it, it's just, I know the Penn's Inside Scoop is doing that. Hell, they have interviews from Sergey Gonchar um, about the moment. Um, it just, you know, looking at the igloo and seeing the white out, man, it just brings back a lot of great memories and just 
just chills down your spine when you hear Mike Lang doing the goal calls of the Chris Letang tying goal. The Gonchar blast, which made it 3-2 to two, uh, late in the third period. Um, there isn't that, that, I know the Talbot goals in Game 7 were big. The Game 6 um, goal from Tyler Kennedy was massive. But man, that goal is up there in that series as one of the most important goals. You know, you're down 0-2 to one of the best teams with Salary Cap era, a team that, you know, not a lot of people gave you a chance to beat with just how stacked they are. And you get that goal and then you get the empty net goal. And, you know, it's it, it's, a, it's a whole other series. And uh, the Penguins made sure of that with, um, with the way they got the empty net goal after that. Um, especially with, you know, there was a little bit of surge, I remember, late in the third period. But after that, you know, I think with like, what, six, five minutes remaining. But then after that, you know, it was all Penguins. And like I said, they were able to get the empty net goal. But um, I really like the Penguins are doing that. Um, Wednesday, they're going to air game four, which of course was 4-2. I love how they're doing the gifs of um, this, the crowd outside Mellon Arena. Um, just hats off to the um, the Penguins media relations team for all this content that they're throwing out for the um, these classics. Um, love how Tyler Kennedy is um, live tweeting it. I love uh, that's just outstanding. Um, I'm trying to look for other things that they've been doing. Um, it, 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 also, another thing that's really really cool is you know you can see the city and what it looked like in 2009 i mean it, it's crazy to think that now we're what 11 years later and the city it just looks completely different you know uh like you know of course you know there's no pbg paints arena out there there's the lawn is like, there's more buildings it just it looks the city just looks so much different you know with the civic arena center and just you know how they basically constructed it you know after the demo after it was demolished it just looks so much different and um you know, it just it, it gives me it gives me chills just to look at it and just look at these highlights. Um, I was only eleven at the time watching these games. Um, it's pretty crazy that it's been eleven years since that Stanley Cup final. But um, hopefully, I maybe I can try to find a way to watch Game Four on Wednesday because I feel like that would be a lot of fun to do. And it's just awesome to hear how Melon how loud Melon Arena is and it just was. Um, that was not an arena in the playoff time where you want you a lot of teams wanted to go in there and play just considering how loud it got. You know, I wish for PBG Paints Arena to ever get that loud. Um, I know it's gotten pretty loud at times, you know, especially with a couple of big cup runs. Um, but you know, it's it, it'll never touch how loud Melon Arena was. You know, those old school barns just they get loud in ways that you just can't describe. And um, yeah, I miss Melon Arena still so much to this day. I still um, I still hate how it went out in the playoffs with that four two loss. Sending the Canadians and how they were blown out. Mark Andre Fleury just completely crapped the bed um, those last two games. But you know what? We're just going to get off topic. But um, thank you guys so much for listening to this episode of Locked On Penguins. Um, we'll have another episode coming tomorrow. I'm trying to figure out what to talk about on it. You know, I'm sure I will. Um, I may do it from Blacksburg since I actually have to go down to my college tomorrow and get some stuff and come back. So um, yeah, wish me luck on that. I'm going to hopefully try not to get the uh, COVID 19. Um, I know there's a statewide kind of lockdown for Virginia. Like you have to stay in your homes, but. Um, I th- believe it counts as essential if you're traveling to and from educational institutions just to get stuff and coming right back. So, um, like I said, thank you guys so much for listening to this Locked On um, Penguins episode. Before that, though, I want to shout out a couple things. Happy birthday to um, a frequent guest of this podcast, Jeff Latank Colt, one of my best friends. I love you, buddy. We'll have you on soon. Happy very birthday to you. And then um, keep it locked on on the Locked On NHL channel. Um, they have shows each week, like I said, discussing various things around the NHL even during the hiatus. So um, listen to that show. It's just, it's really, really good. And we will be back with you guys tomorrow for another episode. Take care, everyone.